0: So let me just pray. Father, I thank you that you've already heard my prayer, but I, what I'm asking for you is to give me the ability to at- articulate what's what your spirit wants to get across here. There's always so much more that's on my heart and what you've been speaking to me, and always so much more. And And you know the struggle, Father, to just bring that in a way that's that's targeting what it is that you want to say. But I trust you for that, Lord. I thank you for these people, that you have a special love that's set upon this house, which is a place for your glory to rest. I thank you that there is an increase that is coming to the manifestation of that glory in this house. And I bless you, Father. Amen. All right, so Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to start at verse 26. And, but here in verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. He also glorified. Key phrase that I'm focusing in on is for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Now, first of all, I want to rescue this verse from the idea that He is instructing on speaking in tongues. Our prayer language, praying in the Spirit, is absolutely powerful, and we should do it more. We should do it whenever we're moving into situations which require us to make decisions that have more elements involved in them than what we realize. We need to use tongues when we're coming into his presence and interceding for situations in which there are more factors than what we understand. We even use tongues when we're coming in and we're just worshiping God and we want to go beyond our present level of revelation. We want to move into a different realm. There's so much empowerment that comes from praying and using the language that God has given to us. This is such a gift to us. But this that we're reading about this morning is not that. So again, it says, We know not what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Now, this particular verse is found in the middle of a letter, in the middle of a, a thought process. And so we probably need to move backwards to go ahead, which is my dilemma. How far backwards and how much detail in moving backwards to go forwards. And yet we're talking about here the indwelling of the Spirit of Christ within us, which is groaning towards an end. And we are experiencing that groaning within us. And so... Lord, help us. Let me just go back this. I'm going to review just a little bit of chapter 7 into chapter 8. just, Just enough, all right? And I'm not going to try and do it like a teacher going step by step. I'm just going to talk about it. Let me say something about Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8, the whole book of Romans. If you are not going to do the work of chewing, you're not going to get the nourishment there is so much riches and depth within the scripture that if you just simply rely on others to chew it and dish it out to you, you do not get the benefit that comes from wrestling through what is being said and and. Working it through over and I don't know how many times. I, I, I mean, okay, you who love the Word of God, you understand what I'm talking about. You go through scriptures like this, and and you say, Holy Spirit, help me to understand. And you read it through, and you try and speak it, and you try and make sense, and you read it through again. And you say, Holy Spirit, I think I've got it, and and you work it through again. And each time you chew, there is greater depth there is greater understanding and unless you're willing to take the scriptures and actually move into a place of maturity and then and then as you as you begin to unlock what is in the word you then begin to seek to how do i walk this out how does this actually connect with the way i live and how does this actually empower me and as you begin to walk that out you recognize no, there must must be something i'm still missing in here i'm going back in and i'm seeking god and i want and unless you do that then you're living off of somebody else's chewing not gaining the strength yourself You have to do that. And some of you are living on what you chewed years ago. But your teeth are losing strength because presently you're not chewing. So I believe in those who chew upon the Word of God. All right? But let me just take you through because I'm going to have to get where it is that I'm going. I have to work this just a little bit. For anybody whose heart becomes awakened to the law of God. And so with their mind, they agree with the righteous standards of the law. And even with their heart, they delight in those standards. That person who has become awakened to righteousness is going to face a most miserable reality. And the miserable reality is that no matter how much you mentally agree with the law or even inwardly delight with its righteous standards, that power of agreement is not enough to overcome the power of sin that is at work within your members. The reality of sin within your flesh. In fact... Sin has the ability to work with the sympathies of your natural hungers and your sensual cravings and to take the law of God and actually awaken within you a desire for the very thing that was prohibited. That's its power. It actually has the ability to feed on the law to excite within you the desire for the forbidden so that it gains somehow a sympathy of your will, and even though you say, I'm not going to do that, you end up somehow doing it. And even though you say, I know this is right to do, you don't end up doing it, because sin has the power to twist even the law and bring you to a place of surrender to sin. So that when it all works out, you're faced with this miserable reality that you are a slave to sin. And there is no freedom from that dilemma except through Christ. Now you can tell right now, I'm a long way from off from the spirit groaning within me. <laughs> right? You can tell I'm a long way off. So, I have this miserable dilemma that I'm faced with. And it's that with my mind, I'm in in agreement with the law. But in my flesh, I'm a slave to sin. So then we move into chapter 8 that begins to uh, bring us into the solution that God has provided. First of all, there is no condemnation for us. And the reason uh, for that is that God sent his Son in the likeness of our sinful flesh, but who lived a sinless life and then presented himself on the cross, which we celebrated this morning, presented his body to take the judgment our sinful flesh deserved so that in that suffering, in that curse of crucifixion and in that death, The condemnation regarding sin in our flesh was fully exacted upon Christ. God did that so that you would have the freedom to experience transformation within your life. Now, hold on just a second. There is therefore now condemnation, no more fear. That has all been satisfied upon the cross. But that's judicial. That satisfied the justice of the law. But what brings about transformation? What brings about transformation in our lives? We've been set free from condemnation that sin dwells in our flesh. But what gives us the power to actually overcome that principle of sin and be able to live a life of righteousness that pleases God? It's not the cross. It's not the cross. The cross was judicial. It's not the cross that's transformational. What is? What is? The cross? I can keep going back. Please forgive me. (laughs) Please forgive me. I receive your forgiveness. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for the righteousness I have because you've, given peace with God. But what transforms me that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh? There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus for the law or the principle or the influence and the power of the Spirit of life has set me free. The only thing that sets me free from the principle of sin and death at work within me is the power of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now, as Paul goes on, and you can go back and you can chew this over, I'm just giving you the aroma of a Christmas dinner, but not the dinner itself. You've got to you got to go in and get it, that one yourself, right? Just giving you the aroma, the flavor, what's in you. What he goes on to teach us is this, that you do not overcome the flesh by focusing on the flesh and trying to subdue the flesh. A person who's focused on the flesh, trying to overcome the flesh, will find out you can never make that sucker bow. Did I say that okay? All right, everybody okay? Okay. Didn't say a word that was a bad word. You cannot make that thing bow. It will not obey God's law, and in fact, it cannot obey God's law. You cannot focus on the flesh and fulfill the righteousness of God. Your focus must be on the Spirit of Christ. You must draw Your source and your strength from his power, you must live in a dependency upon him, in a communion with him, in a submission to him, so that you are allowing the Spirit of God to take the lead within your life. And what you want to do is you want to develop that relationship and dependence and yieldedness to the Spirit of God so that... Sorry! The flesh calls and you go, sorry, I'm busy. Spirit of God, what do you want me to do? Flesh calls, sorry, I'm busy. In effect, what you're doing is you're rendering this line dead. It it no longer has the influence and a voice and a call. Why? Because it's not there? No. Because I'm occupied with the Spirit. I'm listening to the Spirit. I'm dependent on the Spirit. I'm walking in the Spirit. And I'm letting the Spirit of God take the lead in my life. And I love it. I'm experiencing the life that comes from yielding to the Spirit. I'm experiencing the joy that comes from yielding to the Spirit. I'm experiencing the patience that comes from yielding to the Spirit. I'm experiencing all of the goodness and the fruit of the Spirit of God. And when the flesh calls Me eh, I kind of remember that, Spirit of God, what is it that you want in my life? If you focus on the flesh, you start doing religious things to try and subdue the flesh. But if you focus on the Spirit, you just begin to respond to God, respond to his life. And it's not a matter of trying to do rules. It's a matter of living and becoming and transforming into who God has called us to be. That's this new life. That's this new life. Yielding to the Spirit of God. And basically rendering the line, the hookup, the connection to the flesh, dead. You render it inactive. It was crucified. The fact that it's there, any struggles we might have with it, cannot condemn us. Has no power or authority over it. Has no, cannot define us because it was crucified on the cross. I am no longer... Connected with that. It has been buried. I have been raised. But sin still dwells in this flesh. I don't overcome it by focusing on it. I focus on the Spirit. I yield to the Spirit. I draw from the Spirit. I let the Spirit of God take the lead within my life. And the more I allow allow that to happen, the less and less the call of the flesh will have on you. In fact, you're not even dealing with the law. You're bearing fruit against such there is no law. You're living a life that's bearing fruit that's beyond the whole concept of I'm trying to do rules. It's, it's a life that's bearing fruit unto God. Are you with me? Somewhat on track? All right. So verse 12, so then brothers... We are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, because if you're going to focus on that, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh, and what that's talking about is focusing on the Spirit, yielding. if by that, doing that, focusing on the Spirit, you render the influence of the flesh dead. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. Oh, hey, this is getting exciting here now. All who let the Spirit take the lead in their lives, like I'm talking about, they are the sons of God. Now, if you don't have the Spirit of Christ living in you, you're not actually a part of Christ. Those who are a part of Christ have the Spirit of God living inside of them. Hallelujah. For all who are led by the Spirit of sons of God... You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. The spirit that's come to live inside of you is a spirit of sonship, not a spirit of slavery. It's not a spirit that's focused on obey the rules or or you'll be punished. Obey the rules or you'll be punished. Obey the rules or you'll be punished. So that you're brought back into a slavery of trying to obey the rules under fear of punishment. That's not the spirit that's come to live inside of you. The spirit of, that's come to live inside of you is a spirit of adoption. It's a spirit of adoption. It witnesses with your spirit that you are a child of God. And if you are a child of God, then you are an heir of his kingdom. And if you are an heir of his kingdom, then there is a process of transformation that is taking place in your life that is looking towards the day when you are going to step into the reality of ruling and reigning with Christ. It's a spirit of adoption. It's witnessing with you. It's testifying you. It's giving you that confidence. It's living in you as a guarantee of the resurrection from the dead. If the same spirit of, that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he's going to quicken your mortal body also by the same spirit living inside of you. So we have a spirit of adoption, and that spirit of the adoption is drawing us into transformation, into becoming sons of God. It's ministering to us the love of our Father. He lavishes the love of God in our heart by his Spirit. It's pouring in the love of God. It's revealing to us the love of God, and it's drawing forth a cry from deep within our being, Abba, Father. There is a longing in the heart of one who has the Spirit of Christ in him. There is a longing to be pleasing to our Heavenly Father. There is a longing to be free from everything that would corrupt. There is a longing to shine with the glory and the honor that we were created. There is a longing to walk in the fullness of his image and of his likeness. It's a longing within sight of you, cries, Abba, Father. Let me just jump back to 16, though. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him. So he says the Spirit is witnessing with us that we are children of God. If we're children of God, we're heirs of a kingdom. We're co-heirs with Christ if we go through the process of suffering. Now, if you go back to Hebrews chapter 3 that we talked about before and we'll get back to again because I haven't left off on that. I just got detoured here today. But it says that Christ Jesus came down and he became one of us. And he wasn't ashamed to be one of us. But it was fitting for the one through whom, who is going to lead us into glory. It was fitting for him to experience suffering in the process of learning obedience. Learning obedience. The Son of God came down and he had to learn obedience Yes, he did. He had to learn obedience through the process of opposition and hostility. Now, here's what's going on. Transformation is taking place in you. If you truly are allowing the Spirit of Christ to live inside of you, transformation is taking place. You're becoming more and more like Christ. So that you, like Christ, are shining more and more with the glory and goodness of God, and you, like Christ are demonstrating that righteousness which is expressed in love. You are living a life of love, and you are shining with goodness. And when you're shining with the goodness of God, and when you're emanating his love to others, they'll love you, won't they? Yeah. They'll embrace you. They'll call you friend. Isn't that what we we think? That if we actually begin to shine with the glory and goodness of the Son of God, and we actually begin to move out with his love and his compassion for the world, that the world's going to love us. Did it love him? No, it didn't. No, it didn't. And Jesus warned us, if the world listened to me, it's going to listen to you. If the world received me, it's going to receive you. If the world hated me, it's going to hate you. If the world rejected me, it's going to reject you. So the more and more this transition comes within you and the more and more you begin to live like Christ and stand for Christ and you begin to live for the cause of Christ, the more and more that happens, the more opposition, the more hostility that you're going to face. He came healing the sick. He came Delivering the demoniac, he came doing miracles to provide for the needs, and they loved him and they were drawn to him. He began to speak and confront the issues within their life. He began to radiate the light of God's truth into their lives. He began to challenge what their motives were within their hearts. He began to challenge the religious leaders of his day, and all of a sudden... It didn't matter how much good, how many miracles, how many healings he did. All of a sudden, the tide began to turn towards him. So, the Spirit of God comes to live inside of you, and he actually is the power of transformation. And you actually become, are becoming like him. And in that process... Your heavenly Father is going to allow you to face hostility, to face opposition, to face difficulties. And while you're in that process, there's going to be a groaning, a groaning inside that says, I want to be free from this sinful flesh. I want to be free from it. A groaning inside of you because because you were saved into hope. You were saved into hope. You were saved by faith in Christ, but you were saved into hope. And hope is not something that's here and now, hope is something in the future. You were saved into hope, which means you're always longing for something beyond your present experience. You understand? The spirit of adoption inside of you always causes you deep within sight to long for something beyond your present experience. I'm longing to be more like you. I'm longing to be more yielded to you. I'm longing to be more free from the power of sin. I'm longing to be more consecrated to your purposes. I'm longing to be more active in your kingdom. I'm longing to be moving more in your power, and your authority. I'm longing to be making more of a difference. I'm longing to be used to bring people to you. I'm longing I'm longing to see sickness and infirmity break in people's bodies. I'm longing to have an authority that brings the kingdom of God right here and right now. The very longing for his glory and his kingdom and his eternal reign is that longing that reaches into heaven and says, we need to see it here and now. We can't wait. We're hastening the coming. We can't wait We need to see it here and now. We're proclaiming his kingdom here and now. We are moved by injustice around us. We are moved by the needs and the affirmities around us. Why? Because we know there is a reality beyond our present experience. And so we are longing. And so we are groaning. Anybody on the same page with me here? The spirit inside us. All creation is groaning. And notice I'm not going verse by verse. I'm just talking this out from my heart. You go in and chew on the word and you're going to see everything there. All of creation is groaning because creation without any choice of its own, once man forfeited his place as representative within God's realm, once he forfeited that, creation was brought under a curse, and creation will remain under a curse until the sons of God step back into their inheritance. It's creation that's waiting for you. And the corruption and the evil And the brokenness that we see in our world is waiting for sons of God who will not suppress the longing but will allow the longing within their spirits to be released. We were called to be sons of God. We were called to walk as sons of God. We were called to walk in kingdom authority and power. And we are looking for an age that is to come. There should be something done about sickness and there should be something done about poverty and there should be something done about injustice and there should be something done about terror and there should be something done in the face of the evil and catastrophes that happen in our world. We need to be moved by it saying something should be done and we need to lay hold of heaven even for the here and the now. What I hear the Spirit saying in me and to you is it's time to unlock those longings. You see, we tend to suppress them because they are longing for something that is beyond our present experience. Therefore, it is easy for you to feel condemned because you know that there is a reality beyond where you're at right now. So something must be wrong with you that's probably true, but it's going to be changed. It's going to be transformed. But until we enter into that kingdom, we are always going to be longing for something that's beyond our present experience. We are always going to be longing for a transformation of life that is beyond the level that we are living in. We are always going to be longing for a a, a walking in an authority and a power that's beyond what what we're living in. We're always going to be looking for a level of righteousness and holiness that's beyond what we're walking in. We're always going to be looking for an experience that's beyond we're always going to be looking for divine interventions that's beyond what we're seeing right now always don't be condemned by that and don't suppress it the longing within you is what is reaching for the kingdom and god wants us to be able to come before him and without feeling like we have to put words to it. Grieve and long and desire. And in that place, sometimes just saying the name of Jesus. Allow the longing to be released. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Just inviting the Without having to put it into words, let longing begin to rise. The Bible says this, the Holy Spirit who's come inside of you, that is the very power that is working the transformation towards full sonship. That spirit, that self-same spirit, will take those longings in you and nail them right to the Father's purpose and his plan, and draw the fir- Father's purpose and plan right into your life in the here and now. God wants to unlock the longings inside of our spirits. Can you hear this this morning? Hallelujah. Holy Spirit. 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 Precious Precious Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Some of the situations that you've found yourself in, both in the past and you find yourself in today, are actually designed to cause longing to stir up inside of you. I still hear Bill Johnson's voice on one of his CDs about healing. uh, And all he's going is, this is wrong. This is just wrong. This is wrong. And we've accepted it. This is wrong. Just a longing. A longing. Hallelujah. 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 Father, I don't want to do an altar call. I don't want to do anything like that. I just want to leave your Holy Spirit brooding on the longings in people's hearts. I just want your Spirit to come. I want those longings to become agitators within people. They begin to stir up passions. That begin to stir up convictions. That begin to stir up an intercession within their heart that is beyond what they even know how to express. I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. But Holy Spirit, unlock this within us. Hallelujah. 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 Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. I don't know why, not because I'm gonna do anything special, in any, any incantation. I just needed you to change your position. I don't want you to be surprised at the intensity of longing that you begin to experience inside. And in fact, Father, right now, I want to take authority over the spirit of fear that would try to come and cause us to hold down those longings or any spirit of condemnation that would try and bring guilt because those longings are beyond our present experience. Instead, I declare that your people are free to experience the movement of the longings of the Spirit within them and that they will welcome this moving, and that they would not feel obligated at all to be able to put it into words, but just allow it to rise from their spirit heavenward as their hearts lift towards a heavenly Father who has designed them for greater things. Bless your people because they're good people and you love them so much. Hallelujah. The Lord be with you this week. Hallelujah. Watch what he's going to do among us.